Oh, hi, Mark. The biggest match in history right here. Come on, guys, let's brainstorm this puppy. Like a box. Let me get this straight. Go ahead. When you're telling these little stories, have a point. Hello, welcome to Wishful Booking. My name is Lee McNulty, and uh, special we got a special guest with us. Kiefer Cook, what's going on, man? Not much, just ready to talk about some wrestling. All right, then you're in the right place. Wild card rule. You feeling? Uh, you feeling optimistic? Um, usually feeling optimistic. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's I can see the good and bad in things, but try to focus more on the good. Oh well, then I'll feel right at home. It sounds like. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll start out by you're you're a regular listener to the show correct yeah i've been listening to you for i don't even know how long now quite a while now i guess yeah it's kind of crazy how time just passes i don't even know how long we'll be doing the show at this point (laughs) but the only reason i ask is because last week i had posed to jimmy our regular co-host the idea that the firefly funhouse gimmick was sort of like a bray wyatt's or like a finn balor's demon that he could switch in and out of on the fly so it's something that, you know, they would roll out the kid show host in ring and kind of start to tease that the fiend might appear and then eventually you culminate to the fiend appearing. And uh, I just, it occurred to me over the week, I wanted to add to that, that you would maybe the lights would be like flickering and red or something when the fiend appeared. Because Jimmy was kind of hung up on what the fiend would be wearing, you know, how, how quick the costume change would have to be. Yeah, that would be really hard to get. I mean, I remember you guys talking about having him almost completely change clothes for a while, or at least come out with the mask and then like the uh, the leather. It's like a leather jacket. Well, I was thinking, come out as the kid show host, just do that for a while. Start to tease. You know, he starts talking to the gloves occasionally, and the lights will start to flicker. But then, you know, nothing happens. It'll just they'll just continue the match as is, and then eventually the lights will flicker. He'll talk to his hands, and then the lights will go out. And then he just throws on the mask, the jacket, the lights come back on, but they're like red, so it doesn't necessarily, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be perfect, you know You know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, are you thinking like the lights stay red throughout the match, kind of like King? From that point when on, started? from that point on, like when, when The Fiend is around, I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would make it special, too. I mean, I don't see why they shouldn't go all out with this, like really try to make it something special. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's one of the best things going on right now, right? That's kind of the hottest topic. <laughs> oh, my God. I would say the hottest topic. Yeah, I mean, it's just so mysterious now and interesting and where they can go. It's just so open door from there. Yeah. It really did feel like, I think we, we had messaged about this a little bit, that it felt like it was sort of the go-home episode of the Firefly Funhouse that uh, his debut is imminent sort of um, yeah right yeah and i mean the last episode we saw a bunch of callbacks uh to the previous episodes every character i think this is the first time we've seen every character together in one episode yeah and the way it just kind of like intensified leading to the end it definitely seemed like a kind of cliffhanger it kind yeah, of definitely it kind of made me scared for it to be honest with you like because i don't i'm you know i think i said over messaging i'm kind of worried that they're going to hot shot this thing and ruin it in the process yeah i had mentioned that i thought it would be cool if you came out eventually and started i mean since we had mentioned since lars is out and we'll get i'm sure we'll get to that later but uh since he's out for six to eight months and they're missing a big monster heel or a big monster at least um i can see them really thrusting him forward and going hey let's get him out here and start tearing people up um that would be a massive upgrade <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely would. Um, not only can he actually talk and say words into a microphone, but he can actually go in the ring. Yeah. So, yeah. He's the whole um, total package. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he's in amazing shape right now. It looks like uh, uh, definitely he is scary. It's cool. It's just going to be weird because what do you do with him? Do you make him come out as a bad guy and attack Seth Rollins, or do you make him come out as you know seemingly a good guy and go after someone like Shane? I think that's maybe me being a little ambitious to jump from the start, but uh, I'd really like to see him go after you know some of the undercard guys and quote unquote hurt them and like these guys are getting destroyed and just demolished by bray in pretty quick fashion whenever he's like taps into that fiend mode yeah so are you thinking because i honestly so are you thinking that he would be a heel and he's attacking like these 24 7 title guys um not necessarily a distinctive heel i think just him i mean that's all bray wyatt's ever really been he's been just a chaotic evil person so he doesn't have necessarily i mean he's had motives before but they weren't i guess i guess they weren't real motives i mean <laughs> he would spin tales of what he wanted to do like john cena has the world in his hands but i'm gonna take that from him and didn't really say why he wanted to do what he does but he just did evil things or tried to anyway tried to yeah <laughs> Uh, I definitely want to see him be extremely aggressive, uh, especially leading into extreme rules. I mean, if he, I don't think he'll debut at stomping grounds. I can't imagine they would have him come out then. But I feel like they would have teased him more. Like they, you know, kind of like we're saying, it kind of gave that impression. But I feel like they would have teased him more because I don't know. At least I haven't been watching, as I said last week. But yeah. it feels like they're desperate for you know eyes on the product right now. Oh yeah, they're desperate every week for for to get somebody talking about something, and that's I mean, aside from maybe the twenty four seven championship, that's getting the most views YouTube and online stuff. So but the twenty four seven championship is. Oh yeah, that's I mean that's been getting like mil- I mean I don't know about it oh, recently, really? but when it first yeah, it was getting like millions of views at first. Um, oh man. I think personally, I'm getting kind of stale on the R truth thing. I'm- what do you see? This is why I don't like doing the formats because I stop me if you don't want to. But what do you think about the twenty four seven title? just since we're on the subject i like the idea when it initially came out i also thought that it was ugly as shit (laughs) and it still is i mean it still is i thought that mick foley was going to look at it and just start destroying it and make it look like the old hardcore title see i already love that better than what happened exactly right that would have been really cool he just starts getting i mean he started getting into his promo and you can just imagine him looking at that ugly title and just smashing it with a hammer and then leaving it in the ring for someone to come pick up yeah i mean he left it like garbage anyway yeah we talked about that a little bit sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna i mean what two three weeks they've had like pretty big name celebrities i don't think they even mentioned uh last week they had uh, former raw host uh guest gm seth green in the front row uh they had matthew mcconaughey in the front row for a couple episodes i think i saw that they could have used those guys i mean they even said when they first brought out the 24 7 championship uh any superstar any legend any celebrities uh right they have two right there even seth green uh our truth gets knocked down seth green climbs into the ring and pins him and then gets scared of whoever else he sees and like lays down yeah it's pretty fun i mean that'd be pretty funny yeah just for something to incorporate them i'm sure they would be good sports about it and since they had literally just said like celebrities wink wink and then you show celebrities and there's clearly just in reality there's no attachment between the celebrities and the title obviously yeah and i mean and seth green's a former dx member if i remember correctly <laughs> oh yeah I, that is a good pull i would never have even thought of that but you're probably yeah. right um yeah see the thing i think about the 24 7 title is 
it's exactly the hardcore title, except it doesn't have the charm of the broken belt. You know what I mean? Especially having yeah. Mick Foley like reveal it. It should be like a social media title specifically, I feel like. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. These guys are, I mean, all these people are traveling together. They could, I mean, they've done some fun videos, but they could be doing so much more. Yeah, that's the way it is to try to get eyes on it on social media and then, you know, pull attention to the show from there, I would think. Yeah, because our truth has had, it's been what? like a month and a half now almost two months since they've had it i don't know it feels uh, like forever honestly <laughs> right and they've had our truth has had the title for the longest time i guess he's recently uh lost it but still he's i mean they could have had him losing it and gaining it back at least in some of these situations or uh well they just letting uh, just passing it around a little bit like the old hardcore title got passed around what six or seven times before it was you know someone ran off with it yeah well, I just think it's too much the hardcore title to not just be the hardcore title. If they weren't going to update it, they, you know, they tried to update it superficially by giving it a new look and a new name. You know, never mind the fact that people hate the look and the name pretty much unanimously. <laughs> but they tried to update it in that way, but it's literally, like, rules-wise, it's exactly the hardcore title. And then there was the whole thing about what they were trying to do with the third hour of Raw and the way he kind of jumbled those two together, which was like, wait, 24-7, but just the third hour of Raw? Like, what's going on? It was just... You know, ill thought out and just uh, they're trying to do too much as usual, I feel like. Yeah, that was super weird. I almost wonder if that was just a slip of the tongue or if it was originally meant to be, you know, defended that third hour of the show. Um, I honestly think it was there were supposed to be separate announcements, but he just didn't differentiate well yeah. enough. You know what I mean? I could see that. He's maybe a little rusty. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, it's so hard for me to even look at the product and see what they're trying to do anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look at it through, I guess, rose-colored glasses, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I just, you gotta kind of hope for the best with everything, I think. I think just, hey, they have an idea, let's see where it goes, and then see it fully developed, then we can shit on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> That's it, but that's pretty much the energy of this show. That's what Jimmy's always talking about, giving them the benefit of the doubt. But I just feel like, at what point do they, you know, cease to deserve it anymore? I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can only be the top dog for so long and keep putting out, you know, crap after crap. But I mean, yeah, twenty, I 20 years and counting. <laughs> yeah, I can't say that I. Uh, I mean, I still tune in every week and make a point to go out of my way to to watch. Uh, almost as if it's like instinctive; it's ingrained in my in my nature now. Dude, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. I get together with a friend every Monday night to watch Raw, and lately we've we've ever since Mania really after that that first Monday night after WrestleMania when they did that that ridiculous thing with the bar, where they teased title unification. It was obvious that wasn't going to happen, but you thought something was going to happen, right? And then you know just nothing happened. Ever since then, I have a hard time making it an hour into the show before I'm, like, ready to turn it off. Yeah, I usually watch after it's over and try to uh, watch it at night or in between work. And sometimes there's, I mean, there's definitely times where I'm just hitting that fast-forward button, like, okay, okay, okay. And then yeah. uh, get to something cool, and it's like, all right, I got high hopes for this. And, and that's what makes me nervous about the Firefly Funhouse is that everyone's got such high, high hopes for it. And I'm just concerned that they're going to, you know, just throw him out there, like, have him just walk out like normal in the mask already no big deal yeah. dude it's this guy's like like in the process of painting a masterpiece and you could just see vince right behind him right over his shoulder just wanting to be like no but just finger paint this part over here you know what i mean <laughs> exactly just, yeah. just color in these lines over here like we always do so people will recognize that it's still our he wants to put his stamp on it but all his stamp means in 2019 is you know outdated and just not entertaining in my opinion no 
I mean, really, all he has to do, it's okay to have your finger in every pot, but just a finger. He's wanting, he's wanting to dip his whole hand. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's uh yeah, just his whole hand in and and take it over. Yeah, no, yeah, it's apt for 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 Vince McMahon, I would say. Really, you just got to sit back and let the characters make themselves. I mean, all these people are professionals; they know what gets themselves over. Now you're speaking my language, dude. Yeah, right. Too much writing, too much. It's it's all there. The acts are there. The characters, the talent knows what's best for their characters. Stop making them betray their characters and and actually you know give a shit about who the characters are and just the stories really write themselves in my opinion honestly yeah and you don't need extraordinarily like convoluted stories about you know uh i can't even think of an example right off the top of my head but (laughs) well the thing the thing with samoa joe we'll we'll talk about this uh stomping ground card but the thing with samoa joe and miz which they teased which apparently based on tv this week isn't even going to be a match at stomping ground but they, with Samoa Joe and Miz, for me, I mean, I was always a... Ever since Kurt Angle went to TNA, I, I watched TNA from that point on. So I'm a big Samoa Joe fan from outside WWE. And yeah. the Miz, you know, like anyone, the Miz has slowly grown on me over the years where he's earned my respect. And just their personalities, like I was saying last week, like, that's awesome. Just put those guys in a ring together. Let them riff on each other. Let them do their little pipe bombs or whatever. And that could be a really, really sick, entertaining feud. But instead, WWE just made it about family because, you know, Samoa Joe, Ray had his kid involved with Samoa Joe. And, you know, and Miz and, had the whole thing with his dad. Exactly. And that's the only way WWE knows how to portray him as a face, in my opinion. Which, you know, he's the A-lister. He's the Miz. You could still pull that off as a face. Still let him be the A-lister and let us just cheer him. Like, that's... Yeah. It's not... It doesn't have to be that hard. I mean, we like the guy. Everyone seems to, you know... I, I've liked the Miz for, well, since after his whole title run. Yeah. The whole A-lister thing has been just spot on for me. And I'm, I even liked it when he was cocky asshole. <laughs> like, And just like you were saying, like, with the two personalities, Samoa Joe, the Samoan submission machine, Unstoppable... Versus the A-list or the Miz, like they're total opposites. I feel like, like it's they're inherently at odds. Yeah, and then the match itself. I mean, you have Joe just beat down Miz throughout the whole match, tear him apart, and Miz just continues to battle back, and and that'll make him look good. Yeah, because it shows he has heart and yeah. can actually like sit there and you know take a beating. And Joe looks like the destroyer that he is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. See, simple as that. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Overthinking the wheel, that's what they do nowadays. Mm-hmm. And instead we get Samoa Joe versus Ricochet, which is still the most intriguing match on this card <laughs> for my money. But we'll Yeah, I'm bridge. interested to see what happens with it because I'm just curious because they just handed Joe the belt back after Ray's injury. I'm wondering if that was, you know, supposed to be Ray holding the title for a while or Joe would win it back. I guess we're gonna see what their original plans were because i mean it can be said that ricochet is their their hopefully future uh ray mysterio yeah definitely did you by any chance did you ever look at my wrestlemania card i did i did i looked over it and just i saying, think you had you had them both you had them both there you could have done that ricochet versus ray mysterio yeah and that would have been an amazing match i mean why not <laughs> yeah just imagine unfortunately that's all we can do now is just imagine <laughs> well someday i can't see ricochet leaving anytime soon yeah uh yeah so hopefully we get that one day maybe if ricochet does win i don't know how long ray's actually out for but uh you know maybe ray comes back and says hey i want a challenge for the championship i never lost and we get a, a cool ass smackdown match yeah maybe 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 <laughs> or you tease it 
and Joe interrupts and beats them both down and make it a triple threat. See, that sounds more like it, which, I mean, no yeah. offense to Joe, but just, you know, we, we, we want to see the one-on-one match. Oh, yeah. Hypothetically speaking. Yeah, uh, but you're going to get Joe some hella booze if he, if he interrupts that match because, you know, they're going to promote the hell out of that match. And first time ever, Ricochet versus Ramos. I don't know if it's actually the first time they've ever wrestled, like, at all, but first time in oh, WWE. You know how yeah. they love to throw that out there. First they, time in WWE. They, it could be It could be epic for sure. For sure. Um, so, do you want to talk about stomping ground? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Uh, so, I guess uh, just I don't know. I said I'll preface it with some general thoughts. My general thoughts are that if WWE wanted to book an enticing wrestling show that sells itself, they could easily with the talent roster they have right now. But instead, we get Rollins versus Corbin Part Two, I guess, and Roman versus Drew Part However Many. Just like yuck, you know what I mean? Seth, yeah. Seth and Corbin, like, who wants to see that? Two weeks out from Super Showdown, notwithstanding, nothing on this card is must see, in my opinion. Like I said, Joe versus Ricochet is slightly interesting, but even still, Miz versus Joe would have been better. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say Joe versus Ricochet. Honestly, I didn't, I hadn't kept up on my two hundred five live, but I saw Tony Nese versus Drew Gulak and Akira Sazawa, and truthfully, that got me kind of excited for that one. I mean, that's. Yeah, looks I like mean, a good match. Yeah, there's only so much they could do. You know, it's it's like that's the only time I see yeah. those guys on pay per view, and I, I usually don't know what the story is, and it's just a spot fest. Yeah, I mean, it could be just because I'm looking at the rest of the card, and it's all basically rematches from dude. Yeah, yeah, everything except Daniel Bryan and uh, Rowan versus Heavy Machinery. Uh, Bailey and Alexa Bliss, which I mean, we've seen tons of times before. They had a whole big feud last year, actually, right around uh, Extreme Rules time, or maybe it wasn't yeah. last year, a couple years ago. Or oh something, my god, but. I totally forgot about that. I knew there was a reason I wasn't excited about that match, but I yeah, yeah, the the what's it called on a pole match? Kendo stick, right? Yeah, kendo oh, stick man. on a pole. Bailey, you're too chicken, like all that. Bailey, this is your life. Yeah, don't remind oh, us about that. Oh god, yeah. Oh, god. oh man, who would have thought we'd have brought that back up? How many years later? <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I was think I because I was literally thinking Bailey didn't she get squashed by Alexa the night after WrestleMania on Raw, and I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah, yeah, and Alexa's first match in probably several months, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in both cases, just don't remind us. Why would you do this now? <laughs> right. Um, well, do you want to start at the, I mean, do you want to start go match by match or, I mean, just to it's see. It's totally up to you, dude. Yeah, this order here, whatever, whatever you want to do. Well, we, I guess I can, I have Corbin and Rollins right here at the top of my, of my list here. Yeah. I can't imagine that Corbin beats Rollins. Like, there's no way that they let that. I mean, Rollins is so, is the hottest face that they have right now. I, I honestly, can't imagine him going down. I mean, I just, I again, I can't fathom that they're doing this match. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it at either show, just because you have so many sick wrestlers you could actually just put on a one-off Universal Title feud with. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't have done it with Corbin at all, let alone twice. But I think for that reason, you kind of got to make a case for Corbin winning. He's not going to, but I think of anything, you know what I mean? I'm always trying to like justify the match. Like if the match. If it's a pay-per-view match, and it's so obvious, like I was a big advocate for which WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 22, Mark Henry versus Undertaker. Mm. It would have been Undertaker's uh, 14th match, I think, at WrestleMania. So I was saying Mark Henry should win. Nobody will see it coming. Undertaker will still have gone 13-0 and at WrestleMania. Which is like ooh thirteen and zero, and it it would just it would, it would justify well yeah I mean that's not a huge selling point admittedly <laughs> but it would have justified the match happening at WrestleMania is is the 
the argument. You know what I mean? Like the same with this. It, it, having the guy you don't expect to win win would justify it because otherwise it's like, why the fuck am I even watching this match? Right. No, that makes sense. And I think seeing uh, Rollins or Corbin beat down Rollins on Monday, um, which is just a traditional uh, whoever is you know not going to win is going to get the upper hand of the go home show. Right. Um, but I think I mean I don't know. I think Corbin could do it. It just it feels like he's always missing something. He's missing something extra. I mean, he, he, you know, he's he's just not he's not he's not on like a Rollins level. No, not at all. I mean, I mean, he's got some cool moves, but yeah, he's and just I, not the workhorse that Rollins is. And honestly, in my opinion, he's like up there with like a Roman Reigns. If people would look at that as like a slight of Roman Reigns. It's not. He's he's good. No. For, he's good for what he is, like a big, like Haas kind of tough guy, enforcer type dude. But that's who he is. He's not a he's not a face of the company dude. You know what I mean? He's like a yeah. strong, silent type. Sorry, go ahead. He feels like that guy that you went to high school with that was just always there. Corbin's just always there. Yep, 100%. I feel bad because he's... <laughs> I should be backing him up because he's from uh, Kansas City here. But oh, I just, that, it's man. so hard. It's so hard. What's <laughs> your gut, dude. Yeah. It is what I mean, it is. it's just so hard to... I mean, maybe it's because he is kind of a dick. Uh, well, I don't know if he's a jerk in real life, but... I think it's the way he's presented. You know, yeah. like the GM thing, like that to me, that was just like, why? Like, I kind of saw it at certain points, but just everything with that, the whole authority thing to me is so outdated. Like, it's just, you know, recycled versions of McMahon versus Austin still yeah. 20 years later. They try to recreate that, and there's no way that they could ever do that. No. Yeah. And the way they write the product, it's like, everyone knows Vince is in charge, but then sometimes, is he? He's caught off guard by, you know, Roman on <laughs> SmackDown. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've never understood why Vince constantly wants to be the bad guy. I, I mean, I guess I get it. Man, let everyone just bow down to you. Like, you, I mean, you know he would like that. He wants everyone to just praise him, right? Well, so he, just sit back, let other people take control, and just come out and do special little appearances and make it to where you come out. And, you know, when he came out and Kevin Owens headbutted him and everyone sympathized with Vince and hated Kevin Owens, that was just keep that rolling let vince be you know the the old man that we all you know appreciate for you know building this and that's it yeah. you don't have to be the bad guy every time yeah no definitely i guess you, should never, we look at he's never gonna do that yeah he's never gonna step down he's never gonna i mean yeah, not no. until he can't un, until he physically can't anymore yeah yeah that's what it is that's exactly what it is as morbid as that sounds yeah um, all right, so you think it's pretty much a safe bet that Rollins is going to retain, correct? Yeah, I think so. We may see Lesnar or hear Lesnar's music at least. Just oh. this whole will he, won't he is. I mean, it's. I guess it's working because it's annoying me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that should be the desired outcome though. Right. And personally, I think I don't know if you heard last week. I personally think it's a hundred percent certain that he's cashing in on Kofi Kingston on the debut of SmackDown Live on Fox. Oh. Oh yeah, uh, this la- uh, at the end of SmackDown, they had Paul Heyman in the back watching the match, and he had this look on his eye like he just had a new bright idea, and it you can see that they're trying to plant seeds for, yeah. for him to go for Kofi. But I'm wondering, are they going to keep doing this week to week from now all the way to then? Because we still have like there's multiple months between now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's. I mean, what's that in October? Yeah, like it's so we got to make it through SummerSlam. Is Brock going to be at SummerSlam? I mean, it would stand to reason, and I guess, right? uh, yeah, I don't even know. But getting back to this match at um, 
whatever this stupid event is called stomp, stomping ground stomp, stomping ground i think you have to say the whole title stomping grounds time to take names and kick ass <laughs> I accident- me. so when i was writing my notes for today i accidentally wrote uh i like this version of seth rollins who's taking names and kicking ass and i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> they've done it yeah they sure have he's supposed to be burning it down anyway um yeah but but so this match so there's the question of the special referee right still a question last i checked oh yeah i completely forgot about that i mean i don't know how well, yeah. but I, I did well yeah that i mean they somehow kept reminding us but also made it very forgettable all the while from what i read maybe brock's a special referee dude you just yeah you just that's actually what i was getting at brock or Heyman. Oh, that man. could i mean i don't think it's going to lead to a cash but that could make it interesting you know teasing it but also just annoying if they don't actually go through with it yeah, but if Brock's the referee, he's just going to sit in the corner and not do anything at all. Yeah, but they still, he, they still could do that. And just doing the boombox thing with the briefcase, maybe. Yeah, just sits there with the briefcase and just sit and nods his head. <laughs> That's absolutely what they could do, actually. Yeah, right? We're both sitting here like, I'm like, that could easily happen. We're speaking it into existence right now. Yeah. Uh, can you hold on one second again? Sure. Yeah. See, that's just our break where we put uh, we can put just uh, uh, our sponsor goes there. Yeah, we can put anything we'll just... we want in there. <laughs> Spare change. I think Blue Chew sponsors almost anybody right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, now that you mentioned it, I wanted to audition for a sponsorship. So today's episode uh, of Wishful Booking is brought to you by Blue Apron. If you are cooking in a kitchen, you should use a Blue Apron because... You know, the other colors are like, you know, just, yuck. You know, use a Blue Apron. So uh, you can go to blueapron.com to uh, order a Blue Apron. That was perfect. Is that good? That was, that was good, <laughs> that right? Was, that was really good. I did good. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was great. We can we can make uh, more of those. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so any other theories as to who the referee could be for the big Corbin versus blah, blah, blah? Uh, honestly, now that we've said... I can't really think of anyone else that it could be. No, yeah, uh, Brock is like by far the best choice. It's like may as well quit while we're ahead. I mean, he did have Matt Hardy coming out of the locker room uh, and didn't get attacked. Was that not as random as it sounded? Because again, I, I didn't see any of this. I only read it, and just uh, it seemed like from Monday to Tuesday, as they incorporated more names into this thing, it just seemed like they only got randomer. Like you know, face heel, just like wow, this is yeah. I see like, what they're going for, but like the b team suddenly and and matt hardy like what yeah matt hardy was super awkward we got a throwaway essentially a throwaway return of the aop which that's the second throwaway i guess return for them because they came back at super showdown but yeah uh they returned back they now. returned thrown away twice yeah uh but yeah matt hardy i, th- I mean he's essentially retired now but we've seen him at several what several shows now i don't know when when is he supposed to have retired i thought he'd or on he, his uh he like a few months ago he had said once i'm done with my dates maybe this is part of his dates that he's finishing up i mean if we're seriously talking about matt hardy did they not am i the only one that thought that they were brought back to have like a a wrestlemania feud with the usos didn't seem like that like they they came back on smackdown they started talking trash to the usos and then suddenly they were in because basically the hardys came back as a team to enter the andre the giant battle royal you know what i mean which really makes no sense Right, yeah, that doesn't... <laughs> um, like, as it happens. I think, I think so. I thought they had come back to at least... I mean, that's a cool... That would be a cool feud. Um, 
I think. I mean, the Usos have great matches, and I can't imagine Matt and Jeff having a bad match with them. So, Oh, it's two like, staple WWE teams from different yeah. generations. And if we want to get real crazy, let's throw a ladder in there. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I had put on my uh, actual... My WrestleMania, I'd put the Hardys with Lita versus the Usos with Naomi, because why not? Because that would be an awesome match. You know, And they don't even have to be a bad guy or a good guy. It doesn't have to be face and heel. It could just be two good teams, and they go at oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah, at that level, they should both be faces. Yeah. And, you got, I mean, you have to put the Usos over at that point, I believe, because... Uh, oh, I agree. It's hot right now. They're on fire. They're, just, they're oh. probably the best... Any, what they say the other day, best tag team in the world. Yeah, well, at least in the WWE, the way they're presented in WWE, at least before the Superstar shakeup, I kind of feel like they've gotten substantially lamer since they've moved over to Raw. But they were. Yeah, the whole the whole pulling pranks on the revival stuff was kind of. Eh. Yeah, and that's like all they've done on Raw. On on SmackDown, the Uso Penitentiary and all that. You know, uh, oh. all that stuff was awesome and was always all. Ever since their gimmick change, they've been awesome up until they came over to Raw. Yeah, they're, I mean, their promos really popped every time they, I mean, even backstage, out in the crowd, every time, I mean, every time they got on the microphone, they would, and it kind of grew on me. I didn't like it at first. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, it took a little getting used to, but they found their niche. They found their promo style. They were heels for a while, so they kind of leaned into the, you know, the thug kind of aspect to it. But I don't know. For my money, like, it totally worked. I, I really. I was really amazed with how they were able to do a 180 with their with their gimmick, you know. Yeah, and I mean, even in their house shows, I mean, they I, uh, the most recent house show that we went to here, I mean, they were getting cheers, and then just crowd was going nuts for them. I think they even had Naomi coming out with them, and like she was getting like crazy, crazy Dude, cheers. Yeah. They could get, they could be super over, like the top. I don't know. I really think WWE has a pretty sick tag division if they fully utilize all the actual teams that they have instead of like doing makeshift teams and yeah I, don't know. I never never understood why they like chat like when gable and rude were a thing and they were winning it's like that's nice but there's actual teams there's aop was out was out at that that's, time that's nice but how does chad gable feel he literally just took bobby rude's gimmick that was clearly designed for one chad gable just you know what i mean they just make a make a copy of bobby rude's gear and, and he just starts doing the same thing like oh yeah. how humiliating but honestly now if they had kept with that and and brought back robert rude with the mustache and gable comes out with a mustache that would actually be pretty fun huh. but it wouldn't last long yeah i don't know i don't even know what they're doing with him and how, do, I don't and how does gable feel because he's been dumped now by what three different guys different yeah, partners they should, they should at least make a story out of that they don't he's just someone that they they clearly don't factor into their plans any more than just you know where can we make him fit somewhere on the mid to low card and i mean he's really good i mean he's, oh, he's awesome yeah he i don't been. see i mean i don't know if he weighs less than 205 but if he can go to 205 live and just start wrestling everyone down to the ground with that show i'd love yeah. to see him versus gulag yeah, or him versus Buddy Murphy. Why not? Yeah, like, those why guys not? would tear it up. Him versus I, I don't even understand why. Uh, what's his name uh, from the UK? Uh, Pete Dunne isn't on Two Hundred Five Live. I don't either. I don't know what they're gonna. I mean, I'm imagining he's they're keeping him. You know, trying to keep him grounded or like I guess healthy to keep with this. Uh, I haven't watched uh, NXT UK this week, but he scaling up against uh, Walter. I imagine they're just keep wanting to keep him healthy to keep that feud going. Oh my god, Th that match was awesome at the last takeover. Yeah, it was. That so match, good. I mean, all the NXT shows are usually very Amazing. very good. It's hard to find it's hard to find a bad one. Amazing. NXT is literally the only thing about WWE that gives you hope for the future until you consider the increasing track record of guys coming up to Maine and being squandered almost immediately. 
I've had this theory that what if they just stop allowing their good guys to go up? I mean, they brought up uh, Ciampa and Gargano for a little bit, but then they went and stayed back in NXT. Ciampa got injured. Uh, Velveteen seemingly isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Same with Shayna Baszler. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm imagining Triple H is just holding these guys, not holding them back, but uh, uh, essentially protecting them from having to go get called up so that right, they can then, just stay down here. But then that's how it looks. It's just so backwards, you know what I mean? Yeah, just it's absolutely backwards. The idea that we're saying that, like that, that he would really be doing that, and I believe he is because otherwise, you know, EC3 is in NXT for a cup of coffee. He has zero noteworthy takeover feuds, and then suddenly he's on Raw. Meanwhile, Velveteen Dream has been there for... Johnny Gargano has been there for years, having sick match after sick match after sick match on TakeOver. Yeah. And yeah, it just stays down there. It's just the optics of that alone are just like, oh, okay, so clearly the real pros are NXT. Clearly. And I mean, those guys, it's a lot of them, once they actually hit the main roster, they're going to start pushing those other guys out. Well, in theory, anyway. I, I can't imagine Velveteen going to the main roster and not... You know, shining. Johnny going to the main roster and not shining. Well, yeah. I couldn't imagine that for Ricochet and Aleister Black until they put them together, gave them weird sound effects, and now <laughs> Aleister Black is, like, you know, dressed entirely in black with black lights, talking monotone. Like, it's just, you know, not cool. I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I'm curious as to how they're going to translate this into actual ring activity with him because he's calling for someone to call him out. Is he going to just step up and know, start man. taking guys out? Or I mean, I was thinking, like, you could you could have used him as... I know, I think he wasn't allowed to be in Saudi or whatever because of his tattoos, but I was thinking during Goldberg's long-ass entrance in Saudi, I was thinking, man, this would be cool to do something like this for Aleister Black and do, like, maybe even Aleister versus Goldberg, like a generational thing. Because Aleister is, like... I don't know, I kind of see him as, like, a Goldberg-esque, mystique-wise kind of, you know, unstoppable force. And that would be pretty awesome to see. And, I mean, they can both throw kicks, and they're both good strikers. Goldberg can throw them around a little bit, and... It would be awesome, but they would never do that. WWE, like, somehow no. that wouldn't even enter into their thought process nowadays. Like why, like, why not have these old legends, instead of going up against each other, like, wouldn't it make sense if, if, if The Undertaker took on Finn Balor? It would make sense yeah. when The Undertaker goes to slam him, it actually hurts, because he's a giant man compared to Finn Balor. Yep. But Finn Balor has the stamina and can keep up and make the match, basically carry The Undertaker through a good match. Yeah. He doesn't He doesn't have to lift him up to do any of his moves. He doesn't have to uh, throw Undertaker around or anything. You put him with someone who's in his prime, you let Undertaker use his veteran, you know, lean on the veteran aspect. It's just instead of putting Goldberg with Undertaker, they're both limited. They both compete on a very limited schedule. It's just it makes no sense to me. Like as opposed to doing what we're saying, Finn Balor versus versus Undertaker, AJ Styles versus Undertaker, Kevin Owens versus Undertaker. Yeah, you know, uh, I wrote down for WrestleMania Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. I would love to see that you know, would be uh, like three of those kicks in a row to put down Goldberg at WrestleMania after he kicks out of a jackhammer. Imagine Goldberg running in for a spear and Drew running at him with a claymore. That I that would be amazing. I yes I, yes please. Sign yeah, up for right. that. Or, uh, like I wrote down, like, Batista versus Samoa Joe. Yeah, that one. I saw you wrote that one, and I, and I instantly thought that would be cool. Because Batista can do MMA, and he can roll and wrestle and, and actually, you know, yeah. uh, wrestle with Joe. As opposed to just Triple H and Batista, which, I don't know, I personally was just wasn't interested in, especially the way that they did it. But that's what we're talking about, is, is just, you know, the, the newer guys, the guys who are in their prime now, who could use the rub now. 
put them up there. You don't even have to have them all go over. I was trying to think of that, too. That's why I had, like, RKO defeat styles. I was trying to make it so that it's not entirely new school beating old school. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, even that makes sense because Randy's still, I mean, he's still in his prime. Oh, yeah, I think maybe he's not his prime, styles. but he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's taking, his body's taking less uh, punishment than Styles, I'd imagine. Definitely. I mean, just Styles-wise, pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess we're still talking about this card, probably. <laughs> yeah, we got one match in and, and yeah. had to take a break. <laughs> yeah, that happens here on Wishful Booking all the time. <laughs> That's all right. That's uh, so, where magic happens. <laughs> that podcasting magic. Uh, <laughs> so I guess Becky Lynch versus Lacey for the Raw Women's title. Yeah. Again, I am. I am absolutely ready for this to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, totally. So what I even wrote down here, just so it would have a definitive end, is Becky wins by making Lacey tap out. Becky holds on to her arm after the bell rings and just snaps Lacey's arm. Maybe not. I mean, yeah. obviously, she's not going to really, but. Uh, no, that give, would give, give a good Lacey reason. Some time off. Yeah, give her some time off to work on whatever comes next, and Becky moves on to maybe challenging. I don't. I don't know who's next in line for that, but I'm sure they'll just throw Charlotte at her or something again. Oh God, don't put that out there. That's the last <laughs> match anyone needs to see right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you basically said it. WWE feuds nowadays are just. It's this, you know, it's it's two people that wrestle each other a thousand times over the course of two to three months. That's what a few, yep. almost every feud is nowadays. Yep. I, I think I said uh, the other day, uh, I put a post out on Twitter, like, if you're in a feud with someone, why do you, are you handcuffed to them for the next four weeks? Yeah. Let's get some of those undercard guys out and have a match. You know, Roman versus Drew we can have Roman have a match with Mojo Raleigh and Drew comes out afterwards and tries to beat up Roman or, you know, we can do other things besides have them have, you know, a tag match or handicap match or yeah. where they're constantly meeting each other. And it doesn't make it special by the time we get to the pay-per-view. No, it makes it not special. By the time we get to the pay-per-view, it makes sure it's not special by the time we get to the pay-per-view. Right. Which is just, you know, the opposite of what they should be trying to do. But uh, I don't know. I think Becky definitely wins, and I love I love your suggestion. Let's just break her arm and get her off TV for a few. Yeah. Uh, Kingston versus uh, Ziggler again. Yeah, uh, again. Uh, this time in a steel cage, so that is a little bit cooler, I think. Well, they, uh, they think so clearly too. Yeah. Um, I'm bitter. I I'm got, sorry. I'm gonna try to calm down. Go ahead. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> I I got Kingston. Well, I can't see him stopping this, especially not with Ziggler stopping this role. Uh, yeah, not, I have right, a feeling, not right now. I have a feeling they're going to do that thing where they're both climbing out and go to drop and Kofi hits first. Just barely. I could easily see something like that. Or Kofi's climbing out and Ziggler's crawling out the cage and Kofi just drops and wins. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, you know, it's just it's so hard for me to get excited about this match. Ziggler was just brought in unexpectedly because Kevin Owens couldn't go to Saudi Arabia. So for whatever reason, they continued the feud. I just, you know. Yeah. You're probably right, though. That If I had to guess, it, it's probably going to be something around about that. Where Kofi I, barely escapes. I have to say, uh, with these cage matches, uh, like being able to do pinfall and a submission inside the cage is kind of taking away from having the cage. Like, let two guys go in there, try to escape, no ref needed. And, yeah. I mean, there's already enough distraction with a big giant cage in the way, let alone having a referee in there for no reason. Yeah. Just a referee on the outside to call when the match ends, which is when one of their feet hits the floor. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. They, yeah, when, as, when they made that like a mandatory staple with the match that the pinfall and submission was included, it's like, oh, well, 
then the cage is just for show yeah that's it the cage is just for show it's just to be a new um or try to spice it up a little bit it's like they're pouring uh here's a little bit of black pepper and make it different (laughs) yeah it's just a way to um institutionally make it easier for the writers with less rules but it's like no that's what makes wrestling so cool it's that it's such a unique storytelling medium you know it's 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 this world this hypothetical world with these rules and that's why it's so interesting when you can tell you know uh unexpected stories within the confines of the rules but or you could just make the rules easier and say fuck it (laughs) fuck it there's the wwe motto fuck it if they were being honest (laughs) uh but yeah so uh kofi kingston wins you can bet the farm on that right yeah all right uh bailey versus alexa not kendo stick on a pole thank god for the title yeah merciful uh so this one i think i mean with the whole nikki cross thing she got a little bit involved i think nikki gets involved in the match uh i don't know if alexa will win because i don't know what that means as far as alexa being on raw or smackdown now or what that means but yeah plus plus if if alexa were to win that basically makes the money in the bank cash in meaningless how so well what it did happen two months ago yeah and is this her first defense or second? Oh, yeah. She really hasn't done anything with the title. I don't think she's had a defense yet. Wow. Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, I feel like you hit the I nail. I can think of at least. I feel like you hit the nail on the head. Nikki Cross is either going to help Alexa win or probably more likely cost Alexa the title match. Ooh, that's a good point. I think she might inadvertently and then. That'll just uh, continue whatever their, the next stage of their stupid feud is. Yeah. Nikki Cross, I just hate it already because Nikki Cross has to be a naive idiot for for this story to make sense. And she's so, I mean, she's so good. Her character's yeah. good. I like her character. She's really good. If you, uh, you, know, uh, you when did you, you you mean you like her character from NXT, right? Because her character on WWE TV is just, I don't even know what it is. It's like a weird, naive girl where you can kind of tell there's something more to it, but you have no idea what. Yeah, I like her character from NXT. From the start, I wanted her to come out. Since Sanity was pulled up to the main roster before her, I wanted her to come out as the actual leader of Sanity. I like mean, that everyone, would be awesome. yeah, everyone thought it would be Eric Young. Uh, she was still down and still like fighting in NXT. I thought it would be great if she comes out as the actual leader. She's just this crazy chick that wants to terrorize and then fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. That would have been awesome. I mean, there's so much. When they officially disbanded Sanity through the Superstar shakeup, that was so heartbreaking. There was so much they could have done with Sanity. Their entrance in NXT was just so cool, and I was just fascinated by the way that they had different, slightly different versions of, of their entrance theme, whether they were coming out as a group or individually. Right. That was always so, the coolest part. Like. Uh, so cool. Each of them had just a little bit different. Like uh, yeah. Killian had the little uh, leprechaun theme in the back, and yep. Nikki has a, a woman screaming. That's really cool. Like and like kind of like a grunge di- grunge dance version. Nikki had yeah yeah. It was awesome, and they did nothing with them, and it uh, fizzled out like a wet fart, which is just sad. That's why I I like it's just sad, and we just watch it happen over and over again to. You know, these amazing talents that have these, like, refined, nuanced characters that are just, like, custom-made for 2019, but the problem is they're going through the filter of somebody with the sensibilities of, you know, the the 1950s and 60s. Yeah, a 70-something-year-old man. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. It's good shit. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Good <laughs> shit. Such good shit. That's you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think Nikki gets involved. Like, if, once you said it, I think she ruins it for Alexa. Maybe she gets accidentally hit by Bailey and gets pissed off and goes to attack Bailey and disqualifies Alexa. Something like that, maybe. But, I mean, it's ultimately yeah. leading to a match between Alexa and Nikki. Alexa will probably win that match, too. Had extreme so. rules? Uh, I have no... I can't even keep track. Extreme rules, you know, I can, why are they doing that? On top of everything else, why are they doing that? You know? What? The Shaking up the calendar. Extreme rules was, like, usually uh, after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Like, suddenly mixing up the calendar... Even that, like Money in the Bank was in was in July every year, and then suddenly it was in June, and now it's in May, and it's like, ah, you know, why are do you just want me to not have any idea what's when? No, you gotta it's you gotta keep them on their toes, I guess. <laughs> Apparently, that's the thought process. At least we can always remember that Hell in a Cell is in October because it's the scariest one. Until it's not, I'm telling you. Until it's not. <laughs> Until suddenly Vince is like, you know what? No, TLC is scarier. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It probably always will be. So yeah, I guess, so I guess Joe and Ricochet for the U.S. title. Let me talk about that. Yeah, um, man, I really think Ricochet might get him. I really think Ricochet will will or Joe's going to attack the hell out of him, and uh, I think Ricochet will battle back, uh, end up winning, and then Joe attacks him after the match. It could easily go down like that. I think more likely Joe will probably win this one, but it could definitely go down like that. I could see Ricochet getting hurt or going for like a high risk move and, and hurting his leg or hurting his arm. Okay. And Joe will prey on his on his uh, weakness and his injury and right. win the match okay. that way. Just okay. a savage uh, attacking a guy when he's when he's hurt. The referee will back him off and Joe will just power through and just yeah take him out. Yeah, I mean at least I think so. Just because of the whole you know not losing the title really with the weird pinfall and then just having it handed back to him and then this being his first defense. I don't know. I'm worried about Joe. You know, like being a hypocritical heel is one thing, but I'm worried about his uh, perception. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be bad though if Joe loses because if maybe he's next to challenge Kofi. I mean, maybe, but that that he would just lose that too. I just I don't want him to lose to Ricochet and then lose to Kofi. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. I mean, you know, I don't know. He's he's awesome. I think he's like one of, if not the best, on the main roster right now, all around. Absolutely. I'm wondering if he's. I mean, if he's going to stick around. I don't know how long he has in his contract or anything, but hopefully they give him a good reason to stick around. I don't. If they just let him slip through their fingers. I mean, I could see that. You know, he's one of the guys that they don't prioritized as well as they should yeah they kind of just take him for granted hey he's going to be here no matter what yeah one of many my opinion Mm -hmm. uh yeah the cruiserweight match i I have no idea i guess i would say niece retains but i I really have no idea uh i'm assuming that niece is going to retain i wouldn't be mad if drew gulak won i don't see akira tozawa winning yeah okay I, so I feel I like, I, like nothing to say about that match. The, well, the only reason I think that Drew Gulak could win is because Akira Tozawa is there. Okay, so like that's how it would happen. Oh yeah, Gulak beats Tozawa, and then there's the feud with Gulak and Nice. You never beat me. It's my championship. I mean, okay, rolls over into the next pay per view. So you could see that happening, or you think that likely happens? I could see that happening. I don't. Okay. I think you're right that Nice might just take the win, but never know. Never know. Um, and yeah, the other three matches, I'm gonna just going to be honest with you right off the bat. I should have said this before the last one. I really only care to talk about Reigns and McIntyre. Uh, so if you want to say what you want about the other two, go right ahead. The two tag matches. 
Uh, I think Brian and Rowan are going to continue to just roll on. Uh, but I was kind of curious, like, how either one of them could put their finisher move on heavy machinery. I can't imagine Rowan could do that claw choke slam on either one of Otis or Tucker, and I can't imagine Brian being able to lock in the Lobel lock on either one of them either. That's a good point. He could do the running knee, though. That's true. <laughs> imagine that cat- him doing the caterpillar and just as soon as he pops up hitting that knee. That could be cool. That could be cool, yeah. But this is just such a weird match. For one of the only matches that's not a repeat match, this is such a weird, like, this is not the match that I want to see Daniel Bryan in, you know? Right. No, you want to see him. I mean, I'm trying to think of another tag team that they could go up against right now. No, I want to that, see. That aren't. I, don't, I hate to interrupt. I want to see Daniel Bryan in a singles match that doesn't oh. involve any of the other three. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, if he's not in the title picture, what is he? What is he gonna? I mean, then he could wrestle for doing? the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title. He could wrestle. Ooh. He should be wrestling Finn Balor right now, or Andrade, or, or uh, Mustafa Ali, or Joe. I mean, I honestly, I, I really don't know who's on what brand, but I guess with the Superstar Shakeup, it doesn't even matter. But uh, there's like a card. list. There's a list of at least. Tw- yeah, there you go. There's a <laughs> list of at least twelve to fifteen guys he could be wrestling right now that would be way better than any tag match with Eric Rowan. Especially heavy machinery. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe he does like being, the. I mean, doing tag matches. I mean, he did. Dude, I guess he did Daniel an interview Bryan, that said. You don't, don't think know. he'd rather be feuding with Ricochet right now? I don't know. I mean. Wow. I, I do. Maybe. I that mean, would be I good. Do. That's a good match, too. We've got a lot of yeah, really good uh, fantasy matches. They shouldn't be fantasy is what I'm saying. They shouldn't be fantasy. Daniel Bryan should never be wrestling with Eric Rowan. Like, it doesn't. It's just. It's like a, an extreme version of what this company does nowadays. They just try to fit as many people on the card as possible. So they like oh, yeah. they shift people around and suddenly weird guys are teaming up just to be on the show. It's like Daniel Bryan defending the he's the planet champion with a recycled cool ass title going into WrestleMania. The next month the title is long gone and is ancient history for him and he's wrestling on the pre show for the SmackDown tag titles with Eric Rowan. Like what? What? Yeah. It's quite a drop off. That's the biggest drop off. Yeah, but so that's what I when I you know we when we were messaging before and I said I just would rebook this whole card. That's what I'm talking about. This card was not designed to be entice an enticing wrestling show, you know, to be intriguing to have people read it and be like, oh, got to see that, must see. This is not must see is is a, a description you would never use to describe this this card that I'm looking at right here. No, I wouldn't say it would be either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they had, what, two weeks to, to pop these off, and they're all basically even rematches. Even if they didn't, even if they had four weeks, like, they, you know, having two weeks is just merciful because I don't even know what else, what other stories you can tell with they're all repeat matches. You know, what, what more can you go? I, I don't know. Well, I guess the only thing we can hope for, yeah, there's that word again, hope. Yeah, keep, is, keep hoping, is, man. Hope in one hand and, you know, poop in the other. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I guess we can hope that a lot of these uh, feuds are finishing up this week or this month. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of them that are going to roll over or a couple of them that are going to roll over. Reigns and McIntyre seem to be handcuffed for the rest of the year, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Can we talk about that? Because the 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 dynamic with these guys i mean i don't who who on earth could possibly give a shit about this match right now on sunday i mean it was i mean honestly it was drew mcintyre versus the big returning roman reigns the valiant heroic return and i mean obviously i'm happy that he came back and that he's healthy um mm-hmm. but they did it like that at wrestlemania and now it's drew mcintyre as shane mcmahon's lackey versus roman reigns 
P.S. He's already fought the big boss Shane McMahon and lost to the big boss Shane McMahon. So now he's like going backwards again, having to fight Drew McIntyre again. We all know he's going to win. Even if he lost to Drew at this point, like what's, what does it matter? I guess, uh, I guess, you know, I guess it's leading towards another Shane Roman match at SummerSlam where Roman wins, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't just, you know, who well, wants to see that? Hear me out. Okay. It's uh, been thrown around there that Shane McMahon is going to be, you know, everyone's kind of fearing that he's the one that's going to beat Kofi, right? And become champion. Shane McMahon? Yeah. Oh my God. Or people say, I, this is the, I swear this is the first time I'm hearing that. Really? I've seen it thrown around out there. Yeah, it's terrible. I've been staying offline. I've, you know, I haven't been watching the private, only been reading results and, and really just that's it basically. Watching Firefly Funhouse. Sorry. It's terrible, but think about it. Who's a bigger heel right now than Shane McMahon? Who's getting the most time other than Shane McMahon? Uh, well, 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 well. Who's a bigger heel? I mean, anyone that gets the time. I mean, you know, most people can be a bigger heel. Shane is getting go away heat. And Shane, the the amount of time that it seems like Shane is getting right now is insane. He's not good. Do you think Vince knows the difference between go away heat and regular heat? No, I think Vince thinks (laughs) that. I think Vince thinks that he's my son. He can do no wrong, but... He's got beer goggles on in that way because mm. Shane is not he's to me he never looks comfortable when he's on TV. I could see Shane going on to beat Kofi and then Drew going on to feud with Rollins and then they try to become dual champions. I don't think you see I think Drew is more Shane's lackey and I hate I it. Hope, like, like I hope it doesn't happen. To me but... Shane McMahon is nowhere near Drew McIntyre. So that's why you know I I mean I what you're talking about, I don't, I, I just don't see it happen. If anything, I could maybe see Shane being champion, which again is ridiculous. Well, Drew's got to get some sort of payoff from this, right? Unless, I mean, unless oh, I they mean, start no, throwing I, out that he's actually getting paid by Shane, then that would make sense. But well, they have if he's kind of, just they have kind of implied it, and I do. I don't get me wrong. I would love to see Drew start to head towards one of the titles and win it. But I just don't see it happening, and I see him being presented as just more of a lackey to Shane. Like, you know, not so low as Elias, but still a lackey just the same. Yeah. Maybe it's my own uh, uh, fantastical brain trying to make sense of what I'm seeing every week. Uh, It's definitely somewhat that, from personal experience. You know. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I would love to see McIntyre going after Seth next. Yeah, I feel like we have seen that match kind of recently, though. Like when, like last summer when, when Seth was feuding with Dolph and Drew and Dean were peripherally involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean... I just, there's so many, you know, off the top of my head, Seth versus uh, Ricochet, Alistair Black. I mean, any of the new Andrade. guys. Any, Andrade, yeah. Any of the new guys. Even Finn Balor, that we've kind of seen that, you know, as, as sick as it would be. Some more AJ Styles. AJ Styles in a triple threat with, you know, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, I mean, I guess we did kind of see that recently. But just like, a, you know, a combination of multiple of these guys. There's so many to pick from. Yeah. How cool would it be if Seth on Monday, Seth retains, comes out Monday and starts calling out Alistair? It'd be fucking epic. Yeah. It would be epic. And they could have a long, sick match where you don't know who's going to win. Alistair needs a win. if He needs a, a first big win on the main roster. Seth needs to win because this guy's a rookie. Who's he think he is just coming in here? They have a long, hard-fought match. Yeah. Eventually, you know, Seth barely wins. Or maybe Alistair pulls it out. Either way, they show each other respect, and it's believable, and it kind of leaves the door open for them to feud down the road and one to hold that over the other. Yeah, and I mean, who doesn't? Who wouldn't want to see that? Can you imagine anyone being upset at that match? 
No, I mean maybe you know if it, I don't know. Not after seeing it, I, I unless unless their hands are tied. That's what you know. In talking about booking WWE now, it's just like are their hands going to be tied with a stupid story, stupid production for the match? Uh, in, yeah. In talking about anything, so that's why that's the only reason I I wonder that stops me from saying oh it's a hundred percent guarantee that Seth Rollins versus Aleister Black would be amazing on the main roster because you know yeah there's always like AJ Styles versus Shinsuke at WrestleMania. Should have been should have been amazing. Wasn't quite amazing, unfortunately. Right? WWE wants to put on these uh, put on these epic uh, or epic promos that's saying these guys are going to be you know tearing the house down and then nut shots, nut shots, nut shots. Yep, nut shots all day to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess so. Reigns is going to probably win that match, right? I think so. The only way I can see it is if Shane goes to interfere and distracts Roman and somehow McIntyre hits him with a Claymore. They're really putting over the Claymore as a pretty devastating move lately. As they should. Uh, it's sick. Right. It looks so cool. Yeah, like, a big giant man shooting at you with his foot in the air. That, oh my that's, god. Yeah, like a big spear to the face. Hell yeah. yeah. Who wants that? Nobody wants that. No. You nobody know? wants to eat that. <laughs> Goldberg getting polished off with a few of those at WrestleMania. Man, that would have been sick. Yes, it really would have. Um, so yeah, so I guess should we? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I guess our truth lost the twenty four seven championship to Drake Maverick, and Drake Maverick scurried off in the car. So maybe we'll see him. I thought if Drake, because we saw AOP come back the same night that Drake wins the championship, maybe he. I mean, he's he's. They never really split up or did an official split. Maybe he keeps them around and they protect him from all these. AOP just starts beating down all the mid carders that chase after Maverick. Uh, every that night. actually could be an interesting idea. I was gonna because when you were talking about Archie losing it initially, I was gonna say, do you care? Do you care about any of it? But what you just said does make it somewhat intriguing, right? I mean, they have nothing but opportunities with these scenarios, and whether they choose to make the most of it is up to them. And that's when, when they don't, that's when we can dump on what they decide. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's a, usually a pretty safe bet to uh, put your money in the they're gonna mess it up basket. Yeah, the twenty four seven title is just like, especially like they just did Money in the Bank. Brock's the Money in the Bank briefcase holder. To me, the twenty four seven title is like, oh, the gimmick of it is that. Everyone is basically a Money in the Bank briefcase holder all the time, like in regards to the title. Yeah. You know what's the weirdest thing about it? Uh, so we had alluded to it being essentially the hardcore championship, but like modernized. Uh, what I've noticed is that all these guys, when they're doing these segments, they're just trying to roll them up and do pins on them. Nobody's actually hitting him. Yeah. Like none of these guys are taking a chair or throwing him into you know the backstage area, throwing him into stuff. Nobody is actually like swinging at him. Or, or, or when they did the whole Jinder Mahal on the golf course thing, you could have grabbed a golf club and just whacked him with it. I mean, even if it's just the handle of the golf club, but yeah, make it. I mean, that just little things like that would make it a little bit more special. Like well, they're trying to downplay the hardcore aspect of it and just make it the out of nowhere twenty four seven aspect. But you're right. In the process, you're saying so. Wait, these guys can just get pinned at any time just because they're caught off guard. Yeah, that's what I'm like. So you're telling me that if they're in the ring and someone just rolls them up, they can just one, two, three, and then just it really just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, does not make sense. It uh, almost makes them. First of all, if they're trying to go just roll someone up, it makes you look bad. Like you've never been in a match before. You don't know how that you have to like lower his health. <laughs> yeah. You've never played a video game before. You've never played Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't just start with the fatality out the gate. 
Uh, but yeah, it's a very good point. It's a stupid. It's just a stupid concept. Like they're they're looking for cheap tricks and quick gimmicks to improve ratings. And to me, this is the opposite of that. All they did with the twenty four seven title is they gave a, a built in inherent way to feature all the the bottom end jobbers on the card. More of them week to week. Like that's all this title does. Yeah. Honestly, if they brought everyone out with No Way Jose leading a conga line, nobody would know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like my patience would be tested less the second way, the No Way Jose way, which is already <laughs> saying a lot. Um, right. But, uh, Kiefer, thank you so much for joining me, man, for Wishful Booking. Anytime. It's awesome having you. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do this again real soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. My name is Lee McNulty. You can follow me on Twitter at up to 11 do you want to tell the nice people listening where they can reach you on social media? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Keith the Chief one two. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't do anything else on there. <laughs> yeah. No, we're always tweeting back and forth. You can always uh, get at us for uh, some interesting philosophical wrestling conversation, I feel like. Absolutely. Always ready to talk about wrestling. Yes. Yes, you are. I can vouch for that. Um, and yeah, email the show wishfulbooking at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook and Twitter at wishfulbooking. And that's all the stuff, right? Rate, review, subscribe, share. And uh, we will talk to you guys again real soon. It's time.